Let's put our living stereo stylus in this groove. Hi everyone, welcome to Reworkable, a podcast all about future-proofing and doing things better in the world of employment. Whether you're a business owner, team leader, or you're searching for that dream job. Every week, I chat to my guests about topics from well-being in the workplace to employer branding and company culture, and I'm getting their views on how to do things better. I'm Sam, your host, and I'm the director of Northridge Talent. Let's get going. And today, we're talking all about employment branding. Now, I've got my guest host here today, Soraya, Soraya Senior Eve. How are you? I'm really good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing very, very well. Um, so we're going to be talking about everything employer branding and the steps that you guys can take as our listeners to enhance your, or start your employer branding journey. So what podcast is complete without our special guest? We know that we've got Sarah Senior on the, the, the show today. Um, she's a head of HR for a growing biote- biotechnology company in Cambridge, uh, a consultant to SME business, including Northreach, uh, a true strategist when it comes to everything people related and to top it off, a very good friend of mine. <laughs> Um, give the listeners a bit of a background on yourself. Um, not sure I'm worthy of such a great um, intro. <laughs> so, yeah, a bit about me. I am an HR geek. I love it. Yeah. Absolutely love what I do. And the reason I got into HR is because I love how we connect that human individual motivation to make businesses successful. So what is it we need to do to kind of get the best talent, keep them on board and make sure that businesses continue performing and meeting their strategic objectives and yeah. the best as to what they can be. Um, and that's really why I do it. And I've kind of spent the last 10 years doing fairly senior HR roles, lots of interim roles, cool. gaining loads of experiences, absorbing lots of different cultures in that time, learning pretty much every HR discipline you can think of Um because it kind of gives you that empathy, but also spent my time really learning to be a confidant. Awesome, yeah. That trusted advisor, and just really understanding how business works, um, because you can't have, you need to have an integrated people strategy. Definitely. HR isn't just something that you do on the side. It really is about underpinning people's performance into what you, you know, performance management is what you do every day, and that's what I love to do, to connect those dots. There you go. All under one roof. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> so I know you and I have, have had lots of different con- discussions and just kind of chewing the fat on exactly what good HR looks like, mm. what good employment branding looks like, good recruitment, all these kind of yeah, good absolutely. topics. I think that's what's kind of given the inspiration to do the podcast, right? We've had mm. a lot to talk about and we should share it with the masses. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to talk a lot about employer branding today, mm. USPs for organizations and why they are so crucial, mm. no matter how big or small an organization mm. is. I don't think you can be too big for one and you definitely don't, can't be too small for one. Absolutely. Um, so as I say, we've kind of come from a background, I've very much come from an agency background. That's what I do. That's what I still do at Northreach. You've been a customer of mine, a client of mine. You've been a, a customer of, of, I've been a customer of yours. You know, we've, we've really shared quite a lot. Mm. Um, and we both have it the same way. We've got clients, stakeholders, managers that ask us all these questions around how to attract and retain the best talent. It is a hot topic. Um, and the, the question still remains, what's the best way to do it? Yeah. How do we do it, right? Um, how do we actually capture that light in the bottle? And, you know, do we need to show showcase our, ourselves in such a way where prospective candidates can actually want to uh, um, be a part of our business but also once they actually engage with the organization 
you know, how do we keep them engaged, keep them feeling that they've actually got a career progression in here, they've got opportunity. Um, and we've definitely learned a few words along the way, mm-hmm. EVP being one of them. Um, they used to be called, I suppose, mission statements, really, right? There is yeah. a definitely that kind of angle there. But it definitely seems that everyone's on this high around employment branding or magnetic branding, as I also kind of... Oh, interesting. I've not heard that one. Magnetic branding, same sort of thing. So for anyone that does not know, here's my first question to you. What is an employer brand? So... As you know, I like to take things kind of a bit back to basics. And, you know, the traditional definition of the word is sort of from that identifying mark back in, you know, olden days where you would brand your livestock. Yeah. It's that identifying mark that, you know, something belongs to something else. Obviously, in terms of how it works in the modern age, it's really different. But it's about what makes an employer unique. Yeah. You know, what does it say? It's not just about their product, but their people. You know, more and more we're hearing more about how HR and marketing have really got to work together. Definitely. Um, and be cohesive around that about your brand because your people are your best advocates for your brand. So in terms of an employer brand, it's what makes you unique. You yeah. know, we talk in terms of an EVP, but personally I'm more of a fan of calling it a unique selling point. Point. Okay. You know, what makes your organisation unique to you? And that's defined by your culture. And your culture is defined by how you treat your employees and how you treat your customers. So for me, that's almost a, defin- a long-winded definition of what an employer brand is, really. It makes sense, right? Because I suppose an employer brand can be what it is. It should be unique to every sort of organisation. Absolutely. And it always will be because no one organisation is the same. No. So there's not like a template. I think straight off the bat, there's not really a template way to create the best employer branding for an organisation. You know, they could just download and go, if you implement this, it's definitely going to work 100%. No, and I, I mean, I think it's that thing, conversation again, though, that we've always had around what is culture. Yeah. And I always like to kind of, again, keep it simple, and it's about behaviours. You know, what behaviours define your organisation? And that will be defined whether you have a poster on the wall and you know have a bunch of values or not because it will be leadership behaviors it will be system behaviors process behaviors and how your organization how your people interact with them so that's what you have to start thinking about in terms of your employer brand what's that experience that your employees have what behaviors does that then ensure that they um you know how are they behaving then off the back of that and are you able to actually nurture those behaviors in a positive way yeah um so i think you there's no template there's no um one stop shop cookie cutter approach but there are things that you will need to do you know if you want to define your brand yeah there's still a process you can take basically absolutely it's about defining your culture and behaviors as always being honest about what the culture really is at the moment right yeah is it's all good and well saying you want to do these things, but you've got to be very honest and transparent of where you're actually at and what you want it to look like to even start with something like this. Absolutely. And I, th- I think it's that honest holding the mirror up, you know. Yeah, I, I a lot love... of people don't want to do, right? Oh, absolutely. No, 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 I don't, need, I don't need to know. You know, it's taking that realistic look, you know, what what is our organisation? What what are people saying about our organisation? What's that employee, you know, we talk, used to talk a lot about the employee um, journey and life cycle. Yep. It's really more now about the employee experience. You at know, every step right at every step it's not it, even from how 
you know, a, a prospective candidate will interact with a job description yeah. to that being the same experience from when they're interviewed. So then is that the job that when they're onboarded... Is it the same? Yeah, it's so, yeah. And so often it happens like, mm, that wasn't in the job description or... Well, wasn't the job I You didn't tell me that from, in yeah. the interview. Therefore, you're creating an experience and a belief about your organisation at a really early stage. Yeah. And that carries its way through the whole life cycle of the employee while they're there. You know, you're defining that experience. So then it comes down to your people are your best advocates for your brand. Yeah. So is it that good old-fashioned thumbs up, thumbs down, would you recommend this organisation as a place to work? Yeah, and to give us an honest opinion either way, warts and all. Yeah, absolutely. And then we can define what we need to do, yeah. where to make it better. So then understanding, this is where I am now, but this is what good looks like. Where's the gap of how I want it to be and how do, how do we approach filling the gap? Yeah. Um, you know, that sort of stop, start, continue process um, in terms of your culture, your behaviours within the organisation. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I think there's definitely, and it's still an argument around this as well. So I, I was looking at some some information the other day that kind of said that by 2050, the average person will be 67 years old before they actually retire globally. Mm-hmm. So not just localised in terms of the UK, US, yeah. globally 67 years old. Now, there is very much this war on talent. Everyone kind of keeps talking about it. And it's definitely not a localised thing. It's still very much a global thing yeah, in some completely. of the big hubs. Um, and it seems like companies are being a lot more technical or technically savvy in terms of how they're using artificial intelligence, bots, um, machine learning is obviously like a huge one to actually replace that talent gap. Now, if you're a tech company and you've got this ever-changing kind of technology, which arguably you can replace a lot of that human resource, mm. is it? why is it so important to have a strong employer brand? Well, I think there are still some jobs that you're always going to need people for. And I still think we're a way off really automating um, people. People, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, I still, I still really think that there's a big way off, and there's a big educational piece um, that goes along with it. And I think you still need an employer brand because what is going to attract the right people to still make your business successful? Yeah. When you know, especially within biotechnology, it is so competitive, right? It's crazy. You know, you're dealing with a market where people are passionate about whatever drug discovery drug development therapeutic they they want to you know kind of take to market these scientists are talented talented people yeah so what environment are we able to create for people to go and do their best science so you have to have that strong brand you have to create you know purpose and defining that purpose is so much more key yeah you know, what is it you're trying to do and does that purpose align with somebody else, an individual's purpose? So do you think that's where it kind of starts is actually kind of figuring out your, what does good look like? You mentioned it earlier, yeah, right? Yeah, I love that phrase. It's good. You use it a few times, yeah, definitely yeah. in our, our talks. And I suppose if you can identify what good looks like from an organisation perspective, what kind of skills or kind of traits do you want to see, kind of attributes and, and behaviours of mm. an individual then you can start thinking about well, what kind of people do I want to hire and attract? Yeah. And then obviously it goes down to, well, how do I attract them? Yeah. And I think as well, you know, as society has changed, organisations need to change and people are looking for more purpose. And it's, I don't believe that's actually just driven by, you know, dare I say it, millennials. No. I really don't believe that. Um, as bitter as I am about not being a millennial, but you know, it's um, You've given away your, uh, your group age there. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> 
But, you know, I think the reality is we all want purpose. You know, I've kind of got to that point in my career where it's just like, if I don't get what, what you're doing and why you're doing it... I've got the time to be wasting. Why do I want just to work here? Just the career progression. And, yeah. Yes. You know, I want to feel invested in what I'm doing because, as I said at the outset, I love what I do. I will be more motivated if I understand your purpose yeah. and why it's important and does it align to my own ethics, morals, what I think good looks like, um, and then I can deliver a better um, result yeah. of what's being asked for me. So I think... You know, defining that purpose and making sure it aligns to individual purpose because society's, you know, I think society's changing. It's not just, it's you know, time. you have one breadwinner and you work nine to five, five days a week. Doesn't happen you know. much anymore, does it? No, no. It, you know, life is global. People are switched on constantly. People are looking for more and more purpose. You know, we're seeing more corporate social responsibility, yeah, sort of yeah. green committees, that sort of thing. That's purpose yeah that's purpose right there right well, so it makes sense right because i suppose you look at what you said about going back through the generations you had the um what they called silent generation your granddad mm. your grandparents mm. kind of era that type of stuff who they literally had like what well, one job for life you know they yep. started in the post room they worked their way up they retired when they're you know late 50s whatever it may be and that's it and you got a job for life you know, yep. that was that absolutely then you had the baby boomers which <coughs> is very much what that 1940s 1960s definitely my parents kind of generation just about mm. um and it wasn't even that different really i don't think it mm. was still like you had a career there was a path you, went, you, you started to edge on that university thing that was kind of coming through mm. And it was all about having a good job, that kind mm. of stuff. Generation X, which I suppose mm. that's where Kratik, you kind of mentioned, same sort of thing. And then Manelial was kind of come along. And we got, well, during that entire period of what, like 80 years, mm. all of a sudden we're thrown with a ton more information, a lot more opportunity. People don't really buy into to more the propaganda corporate BS that they used to. I think it's self-awareness. Like It's a lot more self-awareness. And people are happy to talk about their self-awareness yeah. more. Before it was that whole, we don't, we don't talk, we don't about, talk about that, right? You and know, also you it's compartmentalised. Yeah. You know, your work is your work. Your home life is your home life. Work is nine to five, Monday to Friday, and then you don't really talk about anything else. No, that's right. Yeah. Whereas now, because of the demands of business and competition, and you know this whole global environment, it's more about because we are switched on, and life doesn't happen nine to five, right? No, life doesn't happen nine to five, and families don't work nine to five. Yeah. So if you're have got like a partner of children, we've gone way past. Dad goes out to work, breadwinner. Mum stays at home and cook, you know cooks the dinner and mm. keeps the kids entertained for five mm. days a week. We're going so past that. Well, I think we've gone past work-life balance. Yeah, we've got. We're now into a phase of sort of more work-life blending. blending. Yeah, because, and that's where that whole purpose piece comes in. I've seen this. So now it's almost like we've gone through work-life balance with putting more women back into work. That's been a huge, huge, huge push. Mm. Trying to get more diversity in the workplace. But it's almost had like a negative effect. And there's there's a stat I want to throw mm. to say that, you know, we've gone down this road of um, getting more people into work, which has definitely happened. Mm. But it's also been counterproductive because now people are wanting to take more part-time jobs rather than full-time roles because they don't want careers. Mm. They want to work and live and actually have this whole blend. Balance and blend, right? yeah. So whilst there's this massive war on talent, we have a whole new generation of people that won't stick around forever or the stats tell us they won't stick mm. around forever so that's the first issue but now we've got so much opportunity that people are thinking well i don't want to work nine to five i don't want to work really hard i just want to work that suits my lifestyle mm. so how does a company think about their branding their kind of image 
to get that best talent they need for their for their for their business needs well i mean i think you know when we were talking about this and kind of throwing ideas around you know you sort of use the word um the phrase around an agile brand yes and actually, do we understand what an agile workforce really is? I don't think we've got there yet. And Something some organisations definitely have. I think they have, but how agile can you truly be? Because, you know, if we're going, well, our business is only nine to five, but our, the majority of our workforce actually wants to do eight till three yep. every other day, you know, and how does that still deliver what we need to as a business? You know, how agile are we? Therefore, I don't think if you're not agile as a culture... You can't be agile as a brand. But then because that's it's fine, isn't it? Because it you doesn't align. No. And, and I think this is where a lot of people can fall into this trap about employer brands. You don't have to be everything to everyone. If your business needs are very much, well, we've got, I don't know, projects back to back for the next five years and we know that's going to be the case. We're not going to be offering more agile kind of working mm. or, or a lot of this kind of remote based stuff because we've actually got collaboration on projects we need you for mm. so we need to attract those types of people or people at least have the skills and abilities to adapt to that mm. so well i think you just need a blended if you're going to have work-life blending you need a blended workforce yeah but that's if you if that's the way your business wants to be right and like i say some people might not want that but they, they still want a band brand yeah and actually part of me thinks it's going to you don't necessarily get to define that yourself no because if there is a war on talent you have to be way more pragmatic about the talent you're attracting. Definitely, yeah. So the right person for the right job... Might not be the best Because we need to start hiring for skills, right? And attitude. Um, it's not necessarily about... You can teach people the technical stuff for the job, but you can't give people the right attitude. Yeah, it's that emotional intelligence piece as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And having positive role models within it to follow. Yeah, and you know that's what helps create your brand as well, right? But I think you have to be pragmatic around what ta shape talent comes in these days. Yeah. And that will help shape your business and I don't think you can be that restrictive. No, you can't. Around it, around going I've got an FMCG business that actually only happens 9 to 5. That's just not a thing. No. Um yeah, it's fast moving other than the fact of nine to five yeah anything outside of that doesn't between move. the hours of you know 9 a.m on a monday <laughs> and 5 p.m on a friday we've got this um, the time, don't ask. yeah but beyond that never gonna happen <laughs> so it's just like the, the talent that's out there and people's desires will dictate the talent that you attract into your business yep that's just the way it is you know school hours you know more and more parents are sharing those responsibilities yeah. And or people have caring responsibilities for aging parents. Yeah, we've seen a lot more of that come through. Exactly. So, you know, people's responsibilities are changing, i.e., that societal change that I said, uh, you know, mentioned. We're talking about it more, right? That's what you said. They yeah. are, because you, I suppose you wouldn't talk about it if you had to pick the kids up. It's like, well, the wife has to do it. Like, we, I don't talk about that because I've got a job and I can't lose you kept it. Get the spare key under your brick outside the front door yeah yeah you let let you're electrical kids right yeah, yeah. um so you know there, there, there was you know that. you can tell which generation i'm from right <laughs> but um there, there was that you know it society i can't ex explain it or express it enough society has changed and therefore the way we do business needs to change and the way we do business has changed yes you know we talk about people time shifting because you know we've got offices on you know east coast west coast of the u.s or we've got people in australia or wherever that sometimes we need to talk to them you know so i've had roles where i've got up at 5 a.m yeah to talk to my colleagues in australia or new zealand or 
I've been on a call at midnight because colleagues in, on the west coast of the US, that's literally the only time that they could do. So, you know, there does come a point where it's just like, okay, well, within that, what do I need to do? I've still got cooked dinner. Yeah. still actually want to kind of live. chill out. Yeah, have a yeah. life. How, how do I do that then? If I'm making these accommodations and that all goes towards, you know, your brand, what do you, what support, when we talk about flexibility, flexibility works both ways. Otherwise yeah. that's just bending and something snaps. That's right. Yeah. You know, something that's truly flexible works both ways or blended works both ways. Um, and that's why, that's what will create your brand is just recognizing this is the society we live in. This is the environment. These are, this is the type of talent that we want to attract and we want to retain yeah and we will have more and more multi-skilled individuals who have sort of portfolio careers like there's no such thing as a job for life no we're well people will do all sorts of different things you know and i think that's what makes your workforce richer as well having people that have seen multiple perspectives as well it's different experiences right like if you have one job you see it from one perspective from one angle surrounded by a load of people that you've known for your entire life Mm. so I think if anyone's coming at you and saying, right, we need to kick off an employer branding program or we need to improve it, mm. then all, almost needs to kind of put back, particularly on the most senior people in the business. I think it all kind of runs down. I really do. Mm. So I want, I want to see more CEOs taking more responsibility over this personal brand. Mm. I'm quite happy to kind of, I don't want to use palm it off, but give it to HR, talent acquisition, communications teams to go and build it. But it's like, well, what are you doing? Mm. Because if you look at people like, Elon Musk, let's just kind of take him for example, he runs Tesla, right? Do you know that Elon Musk has more followers on Twitter than, than Tesla does? Mm. So it tells you straight away... There's a brand. There's a brand. It's his personal brand, and it's him. They like Tesla because of the car or whatever, but they want to see him and what he's doing and what he's thinking. I can follow that. Mm. I can't... I can follow a car physically, but I can't mentally... I can't I can't aspire to be like well, a not, car. There's no emotional attachment, really, is there? Right? So it's almost working on... It's working on emotions, right? It's, 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 you can aspire to it. You can see it. It's a person. It's familiar. So I think CEOs, directors of businesses should start thinking, if they're looking at a employer brand, they need to look at their personal brand first, understand exactly what makes them them, what their qualities really are, and how we can bring that into a, an actual business perspective. But I suppose good question for you in a HR perspective because you would have definitely had these conversations mm. with someone sat there and go, right, project 2020 mm. boom i want you to go and build me a uh, an employer brand let me know when it's done mm. how do you actually communicate that <laughs> that's just not going to be a fix it needs something needs to be you know delivered and, and fostered and cared for how, how do you kind of communicate that to someone that just thinks just build an employer brand is just like a piece of project that you can just start and finish well i think it's asking them why is this important to you yeah because if you don't understand and they can't articulate it there's no project as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Bang. <laughs> if start, you start date November 1st, end date November 1st. Yeah, exactly. If you can't understand why or explain to me why you believe it's important, because I can tell you why it's important. Yeah. You know, that's my bread and butter. But as that CEO, that business leader, if you can't explain to me why you believe it's important. And where are we starting from? Yeah, where are we yeah. starting from? Because, you know, so then it's that educational piece. How are we... You know, we can all be, you know, in HR and recruitment, be a bit navel-gazy about it. And how how do we get that conversation out of, you know, a room full of like-minded people, i.e. you and I? It's very easy to ask the questions, isn't it? Yeah, but if if the CEO's going, oh, we've got to build a culture and we've got to build a brand, like, why? Why do you believe... Why is that important? You have a fundamental belief of 
why tell me that because that aligns to your purpose that aligns to like say your personal brand and you will have a personal brand as a ceo whether you realize it or not yeah whether you engage with it whether you identify with it because you have a reputation and in also, the business as that ceo yeah and people look at you and think well you're you have the title you're the leader yep. and in any capacity i suppose if you've got a manager or anything like that you have a brand whether you decide to actually acknowledge that or not yeah exactly so it's you know brand awareness isn't it <laughs> yeah, of your own personal brand yeah. awareness it's like people buy from people so how did you manage to build this organization, get these people on board on your journey? Yeah. How, how did you how did you sell that purpose? So it's saying it really is that awkward question of going, why is it important to you? <laughs> and if like I said, if they can't answer that question, it's just like dead in the water, right? Where's this conversation go? Because it just becomes again that whole siloed HR project that everyone just thinks is a bit touchy feely. Yeah. And everyone and people see right through it, right? Probably into so, areas that you don't want to be, yeah, they don't yeah, want to see so you. So if in. the business isn't aligned and understands the the value of it, i.e. the value part of an EVP, <laughs> like, yeah, it's, very important part. it's kind of like, point for me, it's kind of pointless, but maybe I'm just a special blend of... No, not at all. Who, who needs to be involved then? Is it, is it a case that everyone needs to be involved? Yeah, absolutely. Be the brand. Be the brand. Be the brand. You know, be be the change that you want to see, right? And all those other worthy cliches. But I, I think it really is about that. Well, where do you start? Say, I suppose, particularly people listening to this, if you're kind of thinking, like, this is definitely me. Like, I don't know where to start with mm. this. Now, what advice are you kind of giving or what what steps do you take to kind of go, right, this is something you need to do? Who are your first port of calls? So, I mean, it's interesting because we did this bit of work the other day, didn't we? It's a loaded question because I knew yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> so when we were working this through, right, with you and the team, you know, you, Ben and Phil, we're sitting there going, actually, we want to talk about offer letters and contracts and compliance. Yep. That conversation went a whole other place. Yeah, it went way, That way. we didn't think it would, which turned out to be such an amazing conversation, right? that gave us some real clarity and definition around what you want to do. But it came down to how are you behaving as leaders? Yeah. And is the brand of Northreach that you're promoting and wanting to build and getting people on board because you want to change the face of how talent acquisition is done, is that the, is that aligned to the experience that your team have? Yeah, I think that's a very good point because we kind of went down that road of exactly that, didn't we? So here's a lot of policies we need to build, a lot of contracts we need to review. Yeah. But then when you actually start talking about it, it's like, well, it's more than just the words on the piece of paper that someone signs to say, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I agree and accept this. I agree and accept. It should really, we kind of felt like, well, we know what our staff are all about. We know what that motivates them. We know what kind of environment they want to be in. And mm. more importantly, I know as as there's a director of Northreach, I suppose, the CEO. The founder. Never kind of said it out loud. You are the founder. I'm the founder. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to know, I knew what that culture needs to look like. Yeah. And I could articulate it in, to such a way, but actually converted it into an actual document and actually having that as our standard. Yeah. And the practical application of that, as in, okay, so if I'm saying that I want trust is a core component of that. Yeah. It's not only about me trusting my team to go and deliver, it's about them trusting me in return that I am going to lead them in the right way, I'm going to treat them in the right way. Their experience of being one of, a member of my team, not just an employee, but a member of the team, this is about experience, is aligned to what I've written in that document and what I've kind of said in my head is, yeah. this is how, because you know, a lot of when we've spoken about how you're growing the team is around... How do I want people feel to feel when they come to work for me? Yeah, that's exactly it. That's your EVP. 
how do I want those two members to, and how do I want to feel as a leader and as an employee of my own business? You know, and it, it's a really, that's where we kind of get to the touchy feely part of this it. Is it. Yeah. But it, that's it, where it led to, though, isn't it? It is that emotional attachment to it. You know, that's where the emotional attachment to a brand comes from is why, why do I have an affinity with this? Yeah. You know, and that's why you'll keep people, they'll, they'll be loyal to their brand. You know, it's a bit like me being an Audi driver. <laughs> <Try> <laughs> I've just got you for life. They, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's like, I know what I'm getting. I have that kind of brand loyalty to it because I trust it. Yeah. You know, and, and it's the same as leaders. There's that's, We talk about so much more. We used to talk about the psychological contract. We talk about psychological safety in the workplace more now. And that all adds to that branding. That's why people will stay because they know this is a safe place for me to be my whole self. I yeah. can be authentic. When you're authentic, you're a bit more relaxed because people are accepting of who you are. You start to really enjoy what you're doing and you do your best work. Absolutely. So, you know, and that's where that whole diversity and inclusion piece comes in as well. You know, you know, my thoughts on that. Huge, yeah. So, you know, it's around that all develops your brand and that has to be really brought into by your senior leaders and having that conversation that really heartfelt open honest com authentic conversation yep. around why do you believe we need that employer brand that's and, where it starts right yeah that really is the basics it's kind of like why do we need it what have we got? Mm. Let's analyse it. Let's take some of the feedback we're getting for our current employees. Absolutely. Let's take some feedback for the people who actually interview him. Mm. I think one thing that people could definitely overlook is let's, let's take the feedback the people are leaving. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's stay interviews, it's exit interviews, it's candidate experience. You know, as much as I'm on the fence leaning towards not being a fan, things like Glassdoor. You know, yeah. I've, you like, can use that. You can, you know, it's, anecdotal because to an extent but you know what are people saying about your business you know and it only takes one poor interview experience or one poor exit and it, i tell you what that leads on to a very good point and it, it does kind of put it in the spotlight to to a really large degree is that someone's review on glass door which is a personal review is a lot more powerful than 10 company reviews for something else of current employees they could shout all day long about how wonderful it is you have one per person has a bad experience and that tarnishes everything absolutely but it does tell you one thing that people's opinions of things are, are definitely a lot more valuable to your as a spectator now but it's like any customer service isn't it you got to take a pinch of salt. Yeah, you know, most people are more likely to fill out a customer service survey when they've had a poor service yeah. than necessarily when they've had a good service, right? I think Glassdoor got it wrong to a degree, though, because it has it's a lot easier as a customer to complain than it is to, to praise. Mm. I definitely find that. I, I don't really do either that much, but if I have quite a strong feeling of something that was bad, I'm mm. very, more likely to put a bad review on something than to go... I actually had, I had some really good customer service from here. Well, you feel you've been failed in some way by something that you trusted. Well, you pay for it, right? Or you have to invest time in it, or you know, you got told something that wasn't quite true, or you just had a terrible experience. Mm. And you got you got to take that on on the chin to a certain degree. And you're right, it's anecdotal. You mm. can't take it as gospel. Mm. But there's people I definitely speak to as potential candidates for a lot of bigger organisations and small ones who mm. think they've got an awesome brand and everyone mm. loves it. And then the experience that you have through an interview process or onboarding is awful. Yeah. 
absolutely awful. And then you speak to the senior leaders in the businesses and they haven't got a clue. Yeah, nobody's ever told them. No one's ever told them, or they don't want to hear it. Yeah, and because, well, it's, you know, we've... (laughs) Throw that one in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's that (laughs) thing that, you know, we talk about, you know, experiences create beliefs, beliefs create actions, actions create results, right? Yeah. So if you create, if somebody has an experience, it's going to create a belief about something. So if you're going to senior leaders, they're not connecting, they're going, everything's fine, you know, you're going to have a perception of what's the point in telling them. Yeah, true. And then those experience, and you know, we've spoken a lot about candidate experience and hiring manager experience being quite different. Very different. And that, again, is all about, so how are you aligning experiences? Because that runs the whole way, the oh, whole journey, the right? Through, from a job description through to how you offboard an employee, you know, yeah. how do you manage that exit from, you know, intro to exit and that intro really is a job description yeah it's a job advertisement it's where you're advertising it's your network you know how are you doing that to how you exit somebody and you know sometimes exits aren't amicable like that's just the nature of the bit like it just happens there's a disconnect and it's just natural but it's how you make sure that no matter how bad it is it's dignified and so that somebody at some point will reconcile their experience and going, actually, it was for the best. And I was yeah. actually treated, you know, fairly really? properly in a dignified way. And, you know, that's that's that whole experience thing that we're talking about. But it, everybody does own it. Yeah, I think so. You know, it starts with leaders defining it. But the employees own that, you know, in their own behaviours, the choices they make about how they... um behave day to day and how they interact with their colleagues and their peers um it's it's down to you know how hr learning and development you know your people teams are helping define that and saying that this is value add by having kind of brand awareness training yeah which is you know we talk about culture and values but actually it's just brand awareness training you know what's your personal brand you're not going to necessarily align yourself or have an affinity with every single value but there might be one word in there yeah, that, you, that really that resonates with you so is that the is that what you want to be known as yeah was, in the organization yeah you know are you a trusted advisor are you you know caring for others you know what is your personal brand with that within that core set of values yeah so it kind of does start with that doesn't it so if you're looking at building that employer brand as a business be it like a startup or, or a corporate organization taking stock of really where you're really where you're at with your current employees the offboarding the onboarding the interview process the feedback you can take a lot of that data in can't you right yeah. and don't be scared by what you're hearing well, i think it's fine you know at the end of the day if you are genuinely truly looking to actually improve it or build it you've got to be honest about where you're at mm. and then you can build right yeah. you build a great foundation otherwise it literally ends up as a poster on a wall people look at it and just go meh like that's just whatever and mm. you spent so much time energy effort to do it so there's loads of channels right mm. that we can kind of get this message out there in terms of to, to prospective candidates to employees that type of stuff big thing for everybody's going to budget that's going to be a huge kind of question and anybody's listening to this and just say well that's all good and well guys but like i don't have much budget if you if you're in a situation like that, so you haven't got a lot of money mm. to quite literally invest in building an employer brand, what are the most, what are the basic tools that you could recommend to someone who's looking to start building that employer brand? Good communication. Communicate, yeah, cool. Talk to people nicely. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I mean, <laughs> I joking. Know. I, know, I know where really you're getting fl- that from. I know that's really flippant and blasé, but 
actually treat each other with respect. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, if you want your brand to attract people, you want to create a nice work environment. Talk to people, be open, have good communication. That doesn't really cost anything. It's simple and it's so effective. So simple. I mean, at some point, yes, find the budget for, you know, great branding when we talk about actual, you know, physical marketing collateral. But when we're getting to the real, like, core of it, again, this is about your culture. So communication and openness and transparency is so key to that. So if you want to start anywhere, think about how you communicate. So the communication is the starting point. What where do you kind of stand on social media? It's awesome. <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen your social media. <laughs> I've got seventy whole followers to make happy. Thanks, Sam. Um, no, I think it's... I'm happy when I see your stories. On <laughs> Give me a smile. Well, that's the point, right? So, what feeling do you get when you're going to see? whatever plate of food I've prepared. You go to some wicked places. Exactly. So it's about going, social media is really important. It's, you know, where, and what social media channels are appropriate for your company. For what you want want to communicate. Not everybody is about the Insta stories. No, it's true. LinkedIn might be more appropriate for you or is Facebook, you know, not that I've used Facebook in years, but you know. And uses Facebook. So there you go. (laughs) You've got you've got an audience that you know you need to, you need to know your audience definitely. Like with anything, I think you need to know who your audience. Who are you communicating with, and what's the best channel? You know, is it easier to communicate on, you know, Twitter with with your employee base, or is something better like Slack or Teams or Slack, yeah. you know how how does that work? You know, in terms of what you're wanting to communicate and developing your brand and. Social media is important. Um, and it's free, right? Yeah, That's I mean, we thing. could go down all different routes around how we should be using social media and, you know, the pitfalls of that, but that's just, you know, a conversation for another day. But yeah. I think when it comes to attraction, where where are we finding this talent? Where where do these people hang out? You know what I was thinking about this? is, And you are 100% right with um, where you put things. So mm. LinkedIn is obviously more a professional networking site, probably putting things on there about throwing a load of darts around a, uh, mm. a, a room like mine particularly yeah. is not going to land exactly where it needs to but somewhere at Instagram yeah. where it's more of a real insight to something it lands brilliantly yeah absolutely and I've got this kind of idea that company if I'm right in what I'm thinking that a company profile will never really hit as hard as a personal one yeah how do we inf- how do we not influence but how do we encourage our employees our staff to actually share more work-related fun stuff that kind of happens that you could share on things like Instagram and Facebook. Because if you are a prospective kind of employee or something like that, mm. you can actually see that. And if you can get them, if the employer can encourage employees to share their content and actually put their spin on it uh, in a very fun-loving way for Instagram, mm. for example, if that's what works for you, mm. then surely that's going to just, that's going to go, right? You get the yeah. right hashtags in place and you think you start looking at your friends and family and going, whoa, that's a really cool place to work. Mm. And then, you know, jobs come out, things get said and they go, oh yeah, so-and-so works that place. That looks really good. Mm. And, you know, a very, very basic level, you're getting name awareness through a market you were never going to tap into. Well, when we talk about employee engagement, it is the two basic, you know, that basic question, thumbs up, thumbs down. Would you recommend this as a place to work? Yeah. So how are you going about recommending it as a place to work for people to get, well, actually, they come home and they're really not stressed or they've got great benefits where they work. They're really looked after by that employer. If a job comes up, 
I'd, I'd quite like to work there. Yeah, that's it. And then, you know, you're going to your employees. Actually, if we can incentivise you to recommend this, not just about that, you know, if somebody passes their probation, you get 500 quid, quid or whatever. Yeah. yeah, It's going, you know, that recognition and reward and that proudness to work for our brand. Yeah, you want people yeah. to come work with you, right? And, you know, I don't think it is just about having a foosball table or lobbing darts around the office. What are you trying to say? I oh, I just saw it out the corner of my eye. <laughs> so no pun intended, you know, no joke intended. That, that was what I was thinking about. But, you know, people do want that, right? But why do you have it? Is it because you want to create an environment where actually you just need a minute to step away? Yeah. You know, that, I know your motivation for having a lot of, you know, why your office is set up the way it is. Just a kid. There's that to it, but there's also, you know how you like to work. Sometimes you need to take a step away. Yeah. That's why I have an office in the yeah. end. <laughs> it it, it takes away that intensity, you know, of I just need to refocus a minute. I need to just take a step back. And, you know, when people understand the underlying reasons for that and the motivations for it, they'll get it. And they can follow it if they believe it, right? And yeah, I, that, that's kind of why we did it. I wanted, I knew what, I knew what not to do. Yeah. I've come from an environment that's very corporate, very good. And I, I never knock my experience of where I've come from, but... I looked it as I looked at it as an environment where it was done mainly for one thing and one thing and only, mm. and it was making money. They didn't they didn't necessarily care so much about the actual care of their employees mm. because and they were given opportunity. Yeah, eventually I did, and they've even identified mm. it. Anyone can look at my LinkedIn and know where I've come from, mm. and anyone also tell you that's true. Now they are identifying with it, mm. but that took about fifteen years for them to actually start realizing yeah maybe we should actually take care of the people we employ yeah exactly and i think that's what creates that brand loyalty yeah it creates the brand it's it's an organic thing as well yeah i think it's really i think it really is quite organic i don't think it's like you say that whole lightning in a bottle cookie cutter package it up with a lovely bow you can't gift wrap it you You can to an extent in terms of again marketing collateral and you know posters on a wall but i think you have to be aware that actually because change is the only constant in an organization as it evolves wants to do more wants to do better yeah it doesn't stop for anyone it doesn't and so by its very nature your evp will sort of shift a little bit it It should shift it will be an evolutionary i think it is an evolutionary process in in the fact that you know you know, as we've said, that society's moved on and so the place of work has moved on. I think as well, we'll see that happen with um, EVPs as well. It has to. Yeah, absolutely. Culture has might to. need to change. You it's know, ever in, changing, though, isn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. You, know, you said it earlier, right? So the new generation, which is what Generation Z is a new one, isn't it? I believe. Then I've lost count. Yeah. It was initially, I think it was going to be called, well, it was called, uh, what, pre millennial. Are you making this up now? No, I swear to God, it's exactly <laughs> what it's true. They've defined it very much now as Generation Z, uh, and that's from anyone 1997 onwards. Mm. And they're classing this new group of people coming through right. as the most diverse and well-educated people in terms of information and access information than mm-hmm. it ever has lived. Mm. So we can build an EVP today and employ a brand today. In 10 years' time, it could be totally, totally obsolete. Yeah. And, and I think you have to have that awareness of it and not be so... Don't confine yourself... Yeah, You know, be aware that because, you know, we talk about continuous improvement, we talk about change management, and I always say, you know, we make the change and manage the transition and the transformation. 
and that needs to happen with the EVP. You need to have your finger on your pulse you around to, what your what your employees are experiencing. You have to. There's um there's a lot of there's a lot of kind of information I kind of looked at that that supports this. Um, there was a study done in America. I think I got this on a TED talk. Seventeen seventeen thousand executives. So it's like more senior people in the US. The people don't know that part. Ninety two percent of them agree that trusted people own reviews over a company's review. Ninety two percent of people would trust someone's actual review than a company's one. Which is crazy. And the other one that really kind of threw me, and this is why I was kind of talking a bit more about personal brands rather than employer brands and seeing that how that can actually influence a business, is that on average, you're going to get 561% more engagement for your, from your own social media than a company's one. But, but you think about that straight off the bat. Like if you post something, who's most likely to like it at the moment for you? Friends, mom. family, mum. <laughs> no, I'm straight joking. away, but your but, mum's got a network and the rest of it. But and people buy from people. That's what I'm so saying. So that's why that 92% that you just mentioned, isn't that crazy? It's mental. But it's, it just shows you straight off the bat. It's, that, hu- it's a huge number. Yeah. But also when you really stop and think about it, people buy from people. So get your, get your employees to build their personal brand, the employer brand will kind of come with it. Or help define it and yeah, it show be. them what good looks like. But that's what it um, always is at the end of the day, isn't it? It's, it's ability usually, to purpose. Yeah, absolutely. It should just keep evolving. There's loads of good things. And the thing for anyone listening, there is loads of free stuff you can do, right? Review the business, understand exactly where you're at, be honest with it, take the reviews from candidates who are interviewing, employers that are working, people that are leaving the business. There's plenty of free tools out there in terms of social media. You just have to be aware of where you put it, how you put it. And even if you actually want to get it out there, there might be conversations you want to use from Team or from, what was the other Slack. one you mentioned? Slack. Mm. It's not something I've used, but I've heard it's, quite, it's like Team 365, right? Yeah. And um, it's something just to keep working on, keep evolving. Yeah, and or well, they can talk to people like you and I. Just come and chat to us. Come and have a chat to us, because we could talk about this all day, Where every day. Where can they day. find you? Where can people find you then, Soraya, if they wanted to reach out and have more of a conversation well, with you? Well, just hit me up on LinkedIn or on Instagram, at Soraya2019. Um, always happy to have a chat. Wonderful stuff. Well, look, um, I think that's going to bring it to the close of the podcast today. What kind of, what kind of, what message do you want to leave our listeners? Um really think about your purpose think about how that does impact you know everything you do as an organization because that will impact performance that will impact how competitive you are in a market um it's about how you retain the people you know your great talent it will give you the competitive edge over this you know inverted commas war on talent yeah um it's it's about understanding people and i think be open-minded about that you know yeah i just kind of feel like you need to be open-minded about it be really interested in what it is and don't be scared to maybe not get it right the first time yeah because you're not i don't think you're going to i think it's really about connecting with your organization having your finger an honest finger on the pulse with what's going on actually but understand your purpose understand your purpose there you go know your why know your why <laughs> find your why and what does good look like what does good look like yeah oh, well thank you so much for taking the time to, to put this together with me today it's absolutely thanks brilliant thanks for having me it's been so much fun really good if you found something of value in this episode share it with someone that might find it useful for more information about Northreach you can visit our website at www.northreach.uk please don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts Thanks very much for listening and see you next week.